welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and if you've noticed, the world continues to become a place of sadness, a place where evil continues to rear its ugly head. Most recently, the war in Israel between Israel and Hamas. We've had warring going on in Ukraine between Ukraine and Russia. Not too long ago, we had an illness that unexpectedly took the lives of many people. What does all this mean? Is the world actually getting worse? Can we bounce back from that? We don't know. But the one thing that is becoming more and more certain is that our life here on earth is short. We don't know when our time is up. We don't know if we're going to a music festival in South Israel, a peace festival, and an invading force is going to come in. And next thing you know, we're no longer on this earth. We've been killed. An illness takes our lives. If you're just traveling the highways and byways of our country, we might get into an accident and something happens to us. We never know what's going to happen to us. We can't predict the future. And most importantly, we have to remember that our life here on earth is short. And if that's the case, then I would ask you, have you ever thought what happens after you die? Well, perhaps if you're somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger, perhaps this is it. Perhaps life here on earth is all we have. Whatever we do, we do. Whether it's lifting weights on Venice Beach, getting buffed up, whether it's acting in movies, whatever it is, that's all he thinks this is. Life on earth is just life on earth, and after that, we're done. Maybe some of you have a belief in something similar to reincarnation or karma. What you do in this life is going to affect your next life. Maybe you're reborn on this earth. Maybe that's what you believe. If that's the case, are you doing good things to get that good karma so that you can reincarnate as something better? If that's the goal, maybe some have a religious belief. A belief that, yes, there is an afterlife, but it's all good. Maybe some of you have a belief where there's a period of time that you kind of are in limbo. You're just kind of out there until the end of the world happens, and then a decision is made on where you go. Maybe kind of like a purgatory, perhaps, something like that. What I'd like to do is just share some things that I think are very real, that I would like for you to think about. After all the show, we talk about a lot of things, and we like to try to get thought going, get you thinking about some things. We also like to discuss different issues. And we always know that there are solutions out there, but especially in this world, if you have something that the government is going to try to uh, solve or resolve, we look at issues from a social 
justice perspective or maybe a criminal justice perspective or a political perspective, whatever the case may be. And oftentimes I've said there is no one real solution to some of these issues. And here on earth, I believe that's the case. I believe a lot of times there are different issues, whether it comes to something like racism. Obviously, racism isn't to be, uh, is to be condemned, not supported. But how do we approach that? What does that look like? Well, to different people, the approach might be something different based on their experience. If it's abortion, how do we look at that? I don't believe there's a one-size-fits-all when it comes to that. So there are different things. Criminal justice. I don't believe there's a one-size-fits-all for that. Sure, there's a time and a place and a need for incarceration. And then there might be a time and a place and a need for rehabilitation. So there's all these different things that we deal with on earth that may have multiple solutions to it that might be best depending on the situation. But what about the afterlife? Have you ever thought what happens? Do you have an idea? Or are we just doing life however we want to, whatever we want to, doing it our way? Like Frankie said, do it my way. But then what happens? If anything, now is the time to stop and think about that and ponder that. Because after we die, it's too late. Life here on earth is extinguished. So we need to be prepared. John MacArthur, years ago, he's a pastor at a church, Grace Community Church in the Los Angeles area. He was on CNN, and Larry King asked him the question, you know, what happens to you when you die? And, of course, that's a a question that a lot of people ask. You know, what happens to you when you die? And many people, like I said, have different answers, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, this is just it. In fact, had this conversation the other day with some people, and some people thought there was an afterlife of everybody, you know, that does good goes to heaven and all those bad people go to hell or a bad place. Although we didn't get into what determines good and what determines bad. But the good people go to the good place. The bad people go to the bad place. Uh, some people had different uh, opinions and uh, views on that. But it was, a, it was a good conversation to have. But here's what uh, John MacArthur had to say with Larry King when he was asked, what happens to you when you die? John MacArthur, what happens when you die? Well, when you die, uh, you go to one of two places, according to Scripture. You go out of the presence of God forever, or you go into the presence of God forever. Depending? Depending upon your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, which is, according to the Bible, the only way to enter heaven. So therefore, a Jew or a Muslim or a Buddhist will not go to heaven. Yeah, Christian theology and the Scripture says that only through faith in Jesus Christ. And you, and then when we say what happens, what happens? Do you go somewhere as a body? Is this- yeah, no, your your body stays. We go to the funeral. We see the body. It goes into the grave. It decays. Your spirit immediately goes either in the presence of God or out, waiting the final resurrection. There will be a resurrection of all bodies in the end. A resurrection unto life or a resurrection unto damnation. So, according to John MacArthur, two things happen: one, we enter the presence of God, or two, we are absent away from, move out of the presence of God. 
John 14, 6, talking about Jesus, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So when we die, we have two choices. We enter God's presence or we exit God's presence. Maybe that's the area where they're talking about good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. I think there is an an inner belief that people actually do think that, that if you're good, you're going to go to heaven, and if you're not good, you're not going to go to heaven. So that's basically the premise here. You're in the, in the presence of God when you die, or you're not in the presence of God. But then we'd have to ask, you know, how do we get there? How do we get to that presence? Or how do we know what's good and who's bad? And then that's where John fourteen six comes in. Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, or in some versions, but through me. So that would mean that Jesus would be the way. Knowing Jesus, when we die, will then put us in the presence of God. And not knowing Jesus will take us out of the presence of God when we die. See, it's something to to ponder and think about seriously, not just be defensive. You know, you see these videos on social media and everyone's trying to attack each other with their theological beliefs. You see, you know, these guys out on college campuses and they have people challenge them and that's fine. That's what they want to do. But there's always some combativeness to it. But when we talk about our life and what happens to us after we die, that's something that we really need to consider. Whether you believe my way, and it's really not my way, but like Maybe some of the things I believe in, maybe you believe differently. That's your choice. But if we start thinking about some of these things and start talking about them and asking questions, it's important because at some point in time, we all die. Then what happens? And when we do die, we take our last breath and we're no longer here. After that last last breath is drawn, it's too late. Going back to all the suffering in the world, you know, there's always been suffering. There's always been hurt. It just seems like it's escalated more and more these days. Maybe it's because we have social media. Maybe it's because we have 24-7 TV with a 24-7 news cycle. Maybe there's various reasons. Maybe mankind is actually getting more and more evil. Maybe we're getting worse and not better. But Billy Graham, the Reverend Billy Graham, talked about this, and it was obviously a part of many sermons that he did, but suffering, suffering in the world. And this was a clip that he talked about suffering in the world. And this was you know, a number of years ago. Obviously, he's not with us anymore, but it was a number of years ago. See if this relates to today. See if it relates to your situation. See if it relates to things and stuff that might be going on to people around you. Thousands of people are suffering from some sort of mental illness. We're called the tormented generation. The tensions in the home, problems at work, health problems, making ends meet. We want to scream at life. We want to escape from life. The psalmist said, and I said, oh, that I had the wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. 
Have you said that? I'd like to just fly away from my problem, get away from it, and have rest. The psalmist longing to escape has become the cry of the world today, but there doesn't seem to be any way out for you. To those people, Jesus said, I'm the way out. Jesus said, I'm the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shall be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. In the sight of God, man is an individual. And God looks upon you as an individual that he loves. He has the hairs of your head numbered. He sees the sparrow fall. He loves you. He's interested in you. And he wants you to talk to him and tell him what your problems are. And he will help you. He loves you so much that he died on the cross for you and shed his blood for you. And if you repent of your sins and receive him into your heart, you'll be saved. You'll go to heaven. You don't have to straighten out your life first. You don't have to go home and do something good in order to find Christ. You do that after you've come to Christ. We don't have to make ourselves well before going to a doctor. He sees sick people. He doesn't see well people. Jesus was called the great physician. He said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And we're all sinners, so are you. The blind man came to Jesus just as he was. The leper came just as he was. You can come to Christ tonight just as you are. Just as you are. I think people miss that. Maybe it's too simplistic. Maybe we're used to having to work for our reward. We have to work hard to get a pay raise. We have to work hard to get a promotion. We have to sacrifice to get what we want. But Jesus just basically says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the door. I am the way out. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And how many times was it mentioned that Jesus loves you? I think there was multiple statements about Jesus loving you, wanting a relationship with you, dying for you. Imagine that, someone actually dying for you. Someone you've never met in person. Someone that knows everything about you the number of hairs on your head for some of us. That's not a lot, but he knows you. He created you and we push him off to the side. We don't want to know Jesus because it's not hip. It's not cool. Maybe it's because we don't understand him. Maybe we don't trust him because it is too easy but he wants a relationship with you. Think about the mental illness that's going on. How many people do you know that have a mental illness? Now, maybe it's not something like schizophrenia or something diagnosed like that. But what about depression, anxiety, stress? There's a lot of reasons to be anxious, to be depressed, and to be stressed in this world. We have inflation. We can barely afford food. And if we can't afford it, you go to the grocery store, sometimes things that we need aren't there. Just think about the last number of years. 
what we've experienced. There was a time when we couldn't get baby formula. Think of all the new parents that needed baby formula, and it wasn't available. Not too long ago was other hygiene needs that we had, a crisis of we can't find it anywhere, toilet paper. That might not be as an emergency as maybe baby food, baby formula, but every year something pops up. It's suffering. It's anxiety. Maybe you lost your job during the pandemic and you haven't fully recovered. I know a lot of people that haven't fully recovered from that. And they're still out there trying to find that next career-minded job. And it's a struggle paycheck to paycheck. Or maybe in some states you have now lost that extra income that you were being given during those pandemic years. And now what are you going to do? Mentioned earlier the war going on between Israel and Hamas, but there are other areas of people in the world struggling and suffering. You think about homelessness. You think about hunger. You think about people just in the hospital with cancers and other diseases. But then there's the the people that you you meet and you get to know. was talking to an adult student of mine and wasn't himself. So I asked him if everything was okay. His family lives in the Sudan. There's been a war going on in the Sudan for the last six months. Did you know about this? I hadn't realized this. doesn't make the news. But there's been a war going on in the Sudan, and his family is there, his mother, his family. And he hasn't heard from them in five months, hasn't been able to get a hold of them. Trying to leave messages, but hearing nothing back. Imagine that for five months and not having the ability to go there and try to find them. That anxiety, that sadness, that worry, that stress, that depression, just from not knowing how your family is. And then on top of that, the pressures of having to be here in another country, work and sustain life while you're worried about your family back home. Or another adult student that I talked to whose family dynamic included, you know, the mother, the grandmother, and then my student, her daughter, and another sister living in the same house, which is common. But then the sister or the aunt of this girl starts saying rumors about her. And so the grandmother, the matriarch, kicks my student out of the house with her daughter. Now she has no place to go. That's real life stuff. And that's family drama. And it turned out to be false. And it was proven to be false, the accusations that were made. But the the matriarch, the grandmother, won't let them back in. See, there's things like that that go on that we're just oblivious to. People's lives as we're walking down the streets, the suffering that they go through. And we just don't care. We don't care as a nation. We don't care sometimes as individuals. But Jesus cares. If we cast our burdens upon him, if we're tired, burdened, heavy laden, 
we can cast our cares upon Jesus, and then we can mount up like eagles with wings and soar high because he loves us, because he's there for us. And all we have to do is repent of our sins, confess with our mouth and believe on our hearts that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins and rose again. And that's all it is. It's faith plus zero equals salvation. Faith alone doesn't require us to do anything. Now, naturally, if we accept Jesus, we're going to want to follow a lifestyle that's expressed in the scriptures. We're going to want to do things to try to be Christ-like, but he knows we're going to fail. He knows we're going to fail every day. We're not perfect. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But he still loved us enough that he sent his son to die for us. God sent his only son, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes on him will not perish and shall be saved. And then what happens? John 3.16 is the verse that everybody knows, but if you go on to John 3.17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, through Jesus, might be saved. That's what Jesus is really about. That's what God wants for us, a relationship. So much so that he sent his son to die on the cross. Now, a lot of people don't understand that. They don't understand how I faith plus zero equals salvation. I have to do something. I have to do good works. I have to do something, right? No. Like Billy Graham said, you don't make yourself well to go to the doctor. We go when we're sick. Jesus wants us as we are, imperfect. With our imperfections, he wants us imperfect. However we are, just as you are, that's what he wants. It's a relationship. And so as we think on these things, and we're going through the things of this world. In fact, the other day, in another class, I had a younger student, about the age of 21, usually bubbly and upbeat, but came in and was noticeably down. And a fellow student made the comment. This is how much of a difference her demeanor was. Another student made a suggestion. Hey, is there something wrong with her? Because usually she's bubbly and upbeat and happy and cheerful, and now she's just an introvert, sad to herself. So we asked, hey, you okay? And she was sad because of the way the world was today. And she felt the burden of the world. And so it's going to affect us all. And if you believe something and you have faith in something, maybe religion, and maybe that helps you through. But if you're going to believe the government's going to save us, I think we're starting to believe in some false hope. If we're starting to believe that we can take care of ourselves, like self, the lust of self, like I can do it, I think we're starting to, one, become deceived by ourselves, but two, we're also losing out on the fact that we can't do anything without Jesus. You know, Alistair Begg is a pastor out of Cleveland, and I was strolling through social media, and as you know, social media, I talk about it quite a bit, 
it's the ups, it's the downs, it's 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 everything. I mean, you can find everything on social media, obviously. And I'm often surprised how often I come across religious content, like Christian content. And there was a clip that was making the rounds. It was a shorter clip. So naturally, I had to go and find the full clip, the full two-minute version of it. And he basically, he just asked the question, if you were to die tonight, what would happen to you? Take a listen. If you were to die tonight and, and, and you were getting entry into heaven, what would you say? If you answer that, and if I answer it in the first person, we've immediately gone wrong. Because I, because I believed, because I have faith, because I am this, because I am continuing. Loved ones, the only proper answer is in the third person, because he, because he. Think about the thief on the cross. And what an immense, I I can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him, how did that shake out for you? Because you were, you were, you were, you were cussing the guy out with your friend. You'd never been in a Bible study. You never got baptized. You never, you didn't know a thing about church membership. And, and yet, and yet you made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said. You know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, because like, I don't know. Well, you know, we, uh, did you, excuse me, let me get my supervisor. They go get the supervisor, Ranger. So we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you are you are you are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? <laughs> the guy said, "I never heard of it in my life." And and what about? Let's just go to the doctrine of scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually, in frustration, he says, "On on what basis are you here?" And he said, "The man on the middle cross said, I can come." <laughs> now, now that's the. That is the only answer. The man on the middle cross said I can come when asked, what basis are you here in heaven? If you're not familiar, during Easter season, usually the spring of the year for most Christian churches, you celebrate Jesus, his death on the cross, and his resurrection. When he was crucified on the cross by the Roman soldiers, there were two thieves that were nailed to a cross, one on his right, one on his left. So Jesus was the man in the middle, the man on the middle cross. And there was a conversation going back and forth between mainly the two thieves and Jesus. And one thief was taunting Jesus, telling him, you know, if you really are the son of God, get us down off this cross. And as this conversation goes back and forth with one man taunting Jesus, the other thief finally realizes that Jesus is indeed the Son of God and just merely says, Jesus, remember me this day. And Jesus said, or remember me. And Jesus says, this day, on this day, you'll be with me in paradise. And so the thief on the cross had nothing he could do, no baptism. A lot of times in the church, 
I've talked to many people who have been turned away from the church because of all the legalism that takes place, because of all the have-tos that the church says you have to do. Baptism, membership, communion, Bible study, tithing, giving money. Okay, the sacraments maybe, we might call them. And so they're turned away by that. So earlier we talked about that faith plus zero equals salvation, right? It's only on faith alone. We believe that Jesus died on the cross, and by believing that, we are saved. Nothing else we can do. It's not us. It's him. And like Alistair Begg says here, if you start out by saying, I did this, I believed, I had faith, I went to Bible study, I went to communion, that's the wrong answer. It's because he, Jesus, died on the cross because he, Jesus, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. Oftentimes we get caught up in the business of church and we lose out on the site that we are there to spread the gospel message. And so you, if you're thinking and believing and trying to sort it all out, when you really look at it and maybe you've experienced some of these negative aspects, Just know through here, I mean, you've got some pretty prominent theologians, Billy Graham, John MacArthur, Alistair Begg, just laying out the simple message. The simple message is there's nothing we can do except have faith. Faith. That's it. We don't have to do works. We don't have to work our way into heaven. We don't have to do anything because we can't do anything. Jesus alone did it all by dying on the cross. Now, naturally, like I mentioned before, if we confess with our mouth and believe on our heart that Jesus died on the cross, rose again, saves us from our sins because we repent, naturally, we're going to want to strive to serve him and be more like him. And we find that in the scriptures on how to live a life. But yet, he still knows we're going to fail. He still knows we're going to sin. He still knows we're going to fall short of the glory of God, but he already knows that. He's known that from the beginning of time. He's known that before you even commit that wrongdoing. And yet he's still there waiting with open arms to accept us as long as we repent from what we do. A lot of people don't like that, repent, because it's admitting guilt. Well, of course, most religions... There's good and bad. We talked about it earlier. You've got the good people going to heaven. Well, what constitutes good? Well, if everybody does something bad, whether it's a lie, whether it's bad thoughts, whether it's cursing, of course, you have stealing, and then other criminal acts that are more severe. But what about just hate, envy, jealous? Is that good? Is that a good person? So how do we define good? We all know pretty much have an idea of what bad is like, right? If you say bad, the first thing you're probably going to say is Hitler or maybe Jeffrey Dahmer or some celebrity criminal, right? But good's a little bit more difficult to define because is there really good without Jesus? But it comes down to faith Because the man on the middle cross said, I could come. 
the thief on the cross. I think that's the beauty of the thief on the cross, too. I think that's the whole purpose of the thief on the cross is so that we can see somebody who all they could do, there's nothing else they could do because they're hanging on a cross because they were thieves and they were condemned for their crime. Nothing that thief could do except believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was saved because the man on the middle cross said he could be there, and he didn't know what the doctrine of justification by faith is. He didn't know the doctrine of Scripture. He'd never been to a Bible study, never had communion, never attended membership class, was never a member of a church, never went to church, never did nothing except steal, I guess. And yet because the man on the middle cross said he could come, that's whose authority he was there. And it's really simple for us. So as we're looking through all these things going on, the turmoil, the frustration, the anger, the fighting. I mean, think about just a few years ago, all the fighting that took place on social media and all the relationships that were broken because of what was going on combined with social media. We were no longer communicating with friends, maybe no longer communicating with family. Maybe we put our faith in a vaccine. And there's nothing wrong with that if you wanted to do that. That's not the point. You're missing the, you're missing the, the conversation if you think that's the point. It's okay to be safe. Take precautions if that's what you choose to do. Maybe you put your faith in masks. And now we're finding out some different things. But the one thing that's constant is Jesus throughout the years. There was another video on social media, but it was too long and rambling to, to include it. But we talk about consistency. He had traveled somewhere in Europe, and apparently he had purchased somehow a version of the Bible, the, the King James version of the Bible, I think it was. No, I'm sorry. He purchased many different versions of the Bible. And these versions were obviously written throughout the different periods of time. He had some going back to like 1700s, and then the I think there was one like in the 1800s, another version, and 1900s, and so on. So he had about six or seven versions of the Bible going back to the 1700s. I'm sure you can search it up and find it. But like I said, it was too long and rambling because it took too much time, and it was too hard to edit because you'd lose context. But he picked John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so he started with a modern-day King James Version. And then he went to like an NIV version, um, an English Standard Version, and then some others I really didn't quite recognize, probably because they were older as he was going backwards in time. And every single version pretty much said the exact same thing. Wasn't word for word, might have had a, a word or two missing or maybe a word or two switched out. Like instead of a begotten son, maybe it said only son. Uh, one might have said that whoever believes in him. And one might have said whoever has faith in him. Okay, So the words might be the same. But going all the way back to 1600s, the message of John 3.16 was pretty much unchanged. That's pretty miraculous. But that shows the consistency 
of Jesus. Not us, not man, of Jesus. The consistency. He is always there. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. We leave him. We forsake him all the time. But he's always there with open arms waiting for us to come back. And if we've never seen him, we don't need to get get well to go see the doctor. He takes us as our imperfect selves, going to him just as we are. I'd like to play another clip from Billy Graham. It talks about faith. Because, again, we're talking about faith. And faith is the complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So you have faith, which is the complete trust. Trust, a firm belief in the reliability of, the truth, the abilities, or strength of someone or something. And then confidence is the ability to rely on something. So we have faith, we have trust, we have confidence. Those are three big things that man, us, we fall short of. I mean, how much confidence do we have in our government? How much trust do we have in our government? How much trust do we have in and then you can insert whatever it is. How much confidence do you have in, then insert whatever it is. The hardest thing, obviously, is faith because faith is belief in something. And oftentimes that something could be unseen. Obviously, our system, you know, we, we don't really think about breathing. But we just breathe and we have you know, faith, I guess, that the air is going to be there, right? We really don't think about it. We just, we just do, right? So there's some things we just do without thinking about it because when it comes down to the basics, we have faith that it's going to work, faith that's going to be there. But here's uh, Billy Graham. And, you know, there's another element in our lives that we don't think much about, and that's the element of faith. You think of the faith that you have to have every day. You have to have faith that your wife didn't put poison in your coffee this morning. You have to have faith in her. She might have felt like it, but she didn't. You have to have faith in the bank. When you write a check and sign it and you have money in the bank, you have to have faith that the bank's going to pay it. You have to have faith in the government. When you pull out a dollar bill, now I know it's shrinking, but you have faith that back of it is a dollar that people will accept it as money. Everything we do is by faith. Now, for example, when I come up on a hill and I live in the mountains of North Carolina and we have a lot of hills, I don't stop my car before I get to the crest of the hill and get out and walk over and see if somebody's coming up the other side on the wrong side. I have faith to believe that the drivers are going to stay on their side. Faith, 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 everything. When you sat in that chair, had you ever sat in that chair before? I bet you didn't pick it up and examine it and put your hands on it to see if it would hold you. By faith, you just sat down in it. You had faith that people wouldn't build a chair that wouldn't hold you. Everything we do is by faith. All right, take the same faith. Put it in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you will know who Jesus is. You accept him by faith. And he comes into your life and into your heart, and you know that he's who he claims to be. Obviously in his younger days, but Billy Graham with that passion of knowing you know who he is because you put your faith in him. 
That's that's confidence. That's trust. That's faith that Billy Graham, what he's speaking is truth. It's amazing. You can have that too. Again, faith in government. He mentions the dollar bill and government. How much faith do you have these days in the government? What about faith and family? He talks about, you know, the wife poisoning you with the coffee, right? Ha ha, joke, joke. Sometimes we can't even trust family. We can't have faith in our family. That's the point we've gotten to in the world today. Last time, we were talking about uh, teachers and OnlyFans, right? And how a lot of teachers are going to OnlyFans. And usually it's under uh, uh, another name and it's on a subscription-based And so it's not for public consumption, and usually it's not well known that this is what I'm doing. It's a secret, right? A lot of these teachers keep them or keep this activity from their their job, especially their schools. But somebody outs them. And one thing we talked about was an ex-husband outed his ex-wife, and then he eventually regretted it. But that's family, ex-family. But there was a relationship there at one point. He was so mad that he didn't, and I guess he really did, put the poison in the coffee because he outed her. She lost her job. Other family members, like I just talked about with the student earlier, the adult student whose sister accused her daughter of having a relationship with the sister's husband that caused the grandmother to kick him out of the house. Family. How much faith do we have in family? It's hard to Have faith in family these days. It's hard to have faith in the government. It's hard to have faith in some of these things that we do every day. But the one thing that will never fail us is our faith in Jesus. Sure, life's still going to be difficult. There's still going to be hard times because of the world we live in. But knowing that our faith is in the rock, that our faith is in Jesus, and not only that, but knowing that our future beyond the world that we live in, because again, at some point we are all going to die. And so our faith in Jesus now secures us that place in heaven for all eternity. There is no more wondering good, bad, limbo, whatever. Our faith is in Jesus and faith is nothing but complete trust and confidence in something or someone. That's it. Faith plus zero equals salvation. Are you going to put your faith in Jesus? Are you going to put your faith in something else? Put your faith in Jesus, and he comes into your heart, and you know who he is and who he claims to be, that passion from Billy Graham. Faith, complete trust and confidence in someone or something. Trust, a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability and the strength of someone or something, and then confidence to rely on. All three of these things, if you put them on a list and said, I want to find something that has never failed these three things, never failed my faith, never failed my confidence, and never failed my trust. The only thing that you can say that to would be Jesus. Because everybody else will fail us in all three of those areas at some point and some time. 
The other thing, too, is that people think religion can be boring. Following Jesus is bland. I mean, after all, what's the, the image of Jesus? A guy with a, a long beard, a long hair, robes, sandals. I guess what we would call at one point like a hippie. Just kind of walking around, meek, passive. Sure, there might have been a time when a story is told about him turning over some tables in the tabernacle, the church, the temple, kicking some people out, saying my father's house will not be defiled. When people ask, you know, what would Jesus do? Oh, he loves everybody, love, peace, harmony. And they get a false impression of what this passion, like we saw from Billy Graham there, what that's about. So you have, and I want to I give you a demonstration here in a minute of what that is like. And maybe you feel it, and maybe you won't. But you can't deny the passion, the power, the strength, the emotion of what is going to be going on. But think about this. We go through life and we try to do it my way. We have the lust of self, the reliance of self. A lot of people relying on ourselves to get things done. And sometimes we have to. In life, I know a kid who doesn't really have a, a family unit, a grandmother and a, a sister, really. That's like an aunt, a couple years older. That's it. And he's had to hustle his entire life to make ends meet, especially his adult life. And he works hard. So he's had to rely on himself. And we've had this conversation. He goes, yeah, I have to rely on myself. Jobs, places to stay, stuff like that. And, and sometimes, you know, he, he hustles. And I get it. And I don't condemn him at all. I think it's actually pretty admirable, some of the things that he's gone through and what he's had to do to survive. But I would hope that someday... And my prayer is someday that he finds Jesus because he's had a bad experience with the church. And he doesn't want to go back. And I find that sad because for all the stuff that he's done on his own, I can only imagine how much more he could do with Jesus carrying him through. If you ever get the opportunity, look up, just internet, internet search uh, the poem Footprints. Okay? And... See what it says. Maybe I'll bring it around on a, on a podcast one time, but footprints. Basically, Jesus carrying us through our troubled times. And that's what he can do for us in these days of turmoil, in these days of suffering that's going on in the world. How are we finding peace? How are we escaping from the lives that we're suffering through? Well, it's hard to, but Jesus offers us a way out. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Jesus loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He died for you. And all we have to do is just have faith that he did that. God, forgive me my sins for the bad things that I've done. Make me white as snow. Wash away all my bad deeds. Have that relationship with him. And then you'll start to see life differently. Maybe life experiences, maybe they get a little bit easier, maybe they don't. There's no guarantee here on earth 
what life is going to be like. But we have the assurance, the blessed assurance that Jesus is mine and that I'll be with him in all eternity. But all we have to do is have faith. Faith plus zero equals salvation. And if we have that faith, like John MacArthur said, when we die, we will enter the presence of God. When we enter the presence of God, like Alish Jabeg says, why are you here? Because he, the man on the middle cross, said I could come. And because of him, I'm allowed to be here. Because I put my faith, the complete trust, confidence in Jesus, knowing that he died on the cross for my sins, knowing that I can rely on him to be there for me, to be that comforter, that helper, that friend, that I can trust him and have a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, and the strength of who Jesus is. And so when you put all that together, this is the passion that you get or that you can have when you have a life that follows Jesus. If there are words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my brain has not yet reached a point where it can form a thought that could adequately describe the greatness of my God. And my lungs have not yet developed the ability to release a breath with enough agility to breathe out the greatness of his love. And my voice, you see, my voice is so inhibited, restrained by human limits, that it's hard to even send a praise up. You see, if there are words for him, then I don't have them. My God, his grace is remarkable. Mercies are innumerable. Strength is impenetrable. He is honorable, accountable, favorable. He's unsearchable yet knowable. Indefinable yet approachable. Indescribable yet personal. He is beyond comprehension, further than imagination. Constant through generations, king of every nation. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my words are few. And to try and capture the one true God, using my vocabulary would never do. But I use words as an expression, an expression of worship to a savior, a savior who is both worthy and deserving of my praise. So I use words. My heart extols the Lord, blesses his name forever. He has won my heart, captured my mind, and has bound them both together. He has defeated me in my rebellion, conquered me in my sin. He has welcomed me into his presence, completely invited me in. He has made himself the object of my sight, flooding me with mercies in the morning, drowning me with grace in the night. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. But what I do have is good news. For my God knew that man-made words would never do. For words are just tools that we use to point to the truth. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the word, living proof. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, giving nothingness formation. And by his word he sustains in the power of his name. For he is before all things, and over all things he reigns. Holy is his name. So praise him for his life. The way he persevered in strife. 
the humble son of God becoming the perfect sacrifice. Praise him for his death. That he willingly stood in our place. That he lovingly endured the grave. That he battled our enemy and on the third day rose in victory. He is everything that was promised. Praise him as a risen king. Lift your voice and sing. For one day he will return for us and we will finally be united with our Savior for eternity. Eternity. So it's not just words that I proclaim. For my words point to the word. And the word has a name. Hope has a name. Joy has a name. Peace has a name. Love has a name. And that name is Jesus Christ. Praise his name forever. There is power in the name of Jesus. He is the good news. The perfect sacrifice. He's the one that stood on our place. He's the one that was the sacrifice. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And at one point, one day, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Isn't that what you would want? Isn't that what you crave? That thing that's missing in your heart, that loneliness, that suffering, that anxiety, that depression. Jesus can take care of all that. He can help you. He can be there and deliver you from all that. And all you have to do is believe. Faith, that's it. Faith plus zero equals salvation. You don't have to do anything but believe. And if you believe, and if you truly believe, then you'll want to, your desire will be to, then follow a lifestyle that's in the scriptures. You don't have to go to communion. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to. You don't have to, have to, have to. You might want to if you give your life to Christ. You might want to participate in certain things, but you don't have to because Jesus, only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through him. So in this day of suffering, in this age of turmoil, in this uncertainty of times that we live in, knowing that one day we are all going to pass from this earth, what's life like after we die? What is it that you want? What is it that you believe? Is this something that we talked about today, something that might change your mind on what the future might hold for you? Are you looking for something that before has left you unfulfilled, that has left you with less than the desire to go on? Whatever the issues are, if you just take a moment and you just try God, try Jesus. You've tried everything else. You've tried yoga. You've tried all these other things. You've tried meditation. You've tried Eastern religions. You've tried crystals. You've tried the new age. You've tried all these things and they failed you. You still feel unfulfilled. You still don't have the peace that passes all understanding. You still don't have the forgiveness. You still don't have any of those things that you're looking for, the peace tranquility, whatever it is that you call it in this day and age. If you still don't have that and you have not tried Jesus, why not give him a try? Why not just say, you know what? I don't believe this, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to read John 3 in the Bible. It leads you to John 3, 16 and 17, but just the chapter of John 3, just try that. Just maybe talk to God and say, you know what? I don't even believe in you. I don't know anything about you, but I am curious. I just want to know 
What's up, dude? See what he says. See what happens. It might be transformational because, again, it's only faith. That's it. You just have to believe that this is true. And if you truly, deep down, believe that this is really true, it's a true belief that this is real, then you shall be saved and you shall be finding that which you are lacking and missing in your life right now. And you will have that blessed assurance of eternity in heaven for all time. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Hey, check out our website at radiowarp.com. That's radio, W-A-R-P, radiowarp.com. You can Scroll through and click on the Two Steps Ahead podcast uh, logo, and all of our shows come up, our past shows. Also on our website, there's another podcast that I host that's more uh, faith-based, Christian-based, called Sanctified Reason, Um, and I do it with a a friend of mine, the pastor, Dan Delzell. Maybe that's something you want to check out, too. Maybe you want to see what more of the faith-based conversations that we have. Go ahead and click on that logo on our website, and those shows will pop up, and you can look through and see the different topics that we talk about. But again, go to the website, click on the logos, listen to some shows, and if you like them, like I always say, tell a friend, let somebody else know about them, because our time here on earth is short, and there's a lot of problems that keep coming up, and we have to be able to somehow deal with them. And I firmly believe that one of the ways we can deal with them and have that peace that passes all understanding is a relationship and our faith in Jesus Christ. The other thing, too, if you need someone to reach out to, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast at gmail.com. I say it all the time, and I'm sincere about it. If you have anything that you want to discuss, anything you need to reach out for, if I can't help you, I can know somebody, well, I do know somebody or people that might be able to help. So use me as a resource as well, TWO. Two Steps Ahead Podcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Instagram, uh, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast on Instagram, and we have some stuff on there. And then, of course, my um, personal web, uh, personal um, Instagram is Edom Rocks, E I D E M R O C K S. Big baseball fan, big sports fan. So I've kind of been putting some, some clips of sports uh, highlights on there and some other things too. So just something a little bit different than, uh, than what you might be used to. But again, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, but through him, faith plus zero equals salvation. Just put your faith in Jesus, and you will be saved. Thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Two Steps Ahead podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great, and until next time, God bless.